are back for episode two, season one of the Paper Chase podcast. I'm Jack Levanji alongside Stefan Salon. Good afternoon or evening or whenever you're listening right now, Stefan, how are you? I'm doing well, Jack. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Hanging out here. And uh, today when we're recording, it is a sunny day, so we will take advantage of that. A couple of rainy ones together. So uh, definitely excited to be back on with you and and uh, see how, how progress has gone for you in the last couple of weeks and and everything like that, but just super excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this podcast. I'm very excited about the time that we have to actually be able to put this together and and just like, I don't know, just 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 be normal for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just staying away from the, from the craziness of every day and just taking a step back and relaxing. So I'm pumped. Not only am I pumped about that, now, I'm pumped to also talk about some of what I found out, right? Because at the end of episode one, we had mentioned that for, for episode two, we're going to talk a little bit about what, what candidates are feeling out there as far as you know their job prospects are concerned, um, whether or not they're being a little bit more tentative, a little bit more passive, or if they're taking this opportunity to actually look around and see what else might be out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to share some of my findings and and share some of the thoughts that I that I gleaned from people that I've talked and how they feel as though this, uh, like we coined it last time, this forced exercise. And like you said, this forced case study, mm-hmm. um, how that's making them feel and think about the remote world moving forward. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I've had a good, obviously, I work a lot on the candidate side. So I've had a lot of people uh, questioning about, you know, where things are going. And it made me do the research, obviously, for my day to day job, but also for the podcast as well to see where yeah. the trends are, who's hiring, who's not. So, um, I mean, it, it has been a, definitely an informative couple of weeks, a lot of twists and turns, but right now I'm still pretty optimistic. So let me let me put you on the spot to get started then. Um, week one, when we were doing this, we, 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 you are very high on it. I was very high on it, right? We talked about how, again, we have time to do a podcast, which would have never, which would have never happened before. I have time to go learn how to become a scrum master or learn a different language and so forth. Right. Yeah. Time to play wiffle ball with Colt. So, so now three weeks in, are you still high on this? Yesterday was a little bit weird. I think it was so many days of rain in a row, but today I feel great. Like I I just, I'm spending a lot of time with my family, which I know some people would have trouble with, but I think I'm in a, a unique spot where my, I have a four-year-old, so for the most part, he's a lot of fun to be around, um, hanging out with my yeah. fiance a lot and having a lot of fun doing stuff like that. I, I'm, I mean, I'm optimistic on – two. okay, the optimism for me personally, and I can only speak for myself, is just, just the being able to take a step back and be like, okay, how do I want to focus on my career and improve at the things in my career, and what can I do now that I have all this time on my hands being locked in this place to be able to sort of – improve on things, whether it's reading books or, you know, I, I just bought a biography of, of, of uh, Tesla instead of just sitting there and kind of waiting for it to end. I'm kind of trying to take advantage of it. So that's where my optimism is. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right, but I'm going to give it my best shot to try to do some of the things that I've always wanted to do and kind of learn from a lot of people who have been in similar situations um, and kind of just made the best out of it and, and kind of re- remade themselves. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm, that I'm also interested in and in, I guess we can we can have a, an entire episode on this. You you had mentioned you're curious to see what will come out of this, right? Like years down the road. Did you know that in the last recession that we hit as a country um, back in 08, 09, um, Uber, Slack, 
Venmo, Airbnb, and a few other companies, that's when they started. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, so again, you're looking at the, the Uber, the Uber side, for instance, right? And, and even the Airbnb side, that gig economy, people right. finding different ways to make money. I'm very curious to see which companies take off during this time and what they look like several years down the road. I'm excited to see that. I am as well. And I feel like we are going to see, uh, you know, we talked about it in, on the first podcast, um, you know, the industrial evolution and, and things of that nation, what, what sprung from that. And I think we're, we're going to have to, when this, when this clears and it will clear, we're going to see some dark times and then it will clear up and we will get on the other side. There's no question about that. What kind of innovation is going to be from it? And I think it's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. So here's my question for you. You are more focused on the candidate side. And I, and, and I focused a lot on talking to candidates this week just so I can you know, hear their thoughts and hear what their concerns are. What are, you, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? As far as what their concerns are or what where they are in their, in their search right now? Where they are in their search, concerns in general, um, how things are moving for them. Anyone that I have in play right now, they continue to go through the process. They haven't really brought it up. Anyone that I've reached out to, I think a lot of the candidates are, are very much like out open to looking at suggestions because I think a lot of them feel like I'm not even secure at what I'm doing right now. And it also depends on the industry, right? So if I'm looking at people in retail with the exception of people out of CVS or something like that, that continues to thrive, those people are all open to conversations, anyone in that retail space, healthcare as well. And I, cause they know there's a lot more opportunities in healthcare. And then people that are med device pharma, they know they can jump somewhere else too because they know yeah. there's a ton of opportunities coming there also without mentioning a client. So obviously we know some that are definitely hiring. Hiring uh, like crazy. Yeah, like uh, a lot of jobs coming up on one of them that I heard. So that, that'll be exciting for next week as we continue to go on. But, a lot of, but I think what it gives us as recruiters an opportunity to do is to actually be consultants in the situation. Yeah, Talk I about. Have, yeah, have great conversations with these potential candidates and put them at ease a little bit or just, you know, be real with them about what's going on, what they're targeting. If they're targeting retail or in manufacturing, it's, you know, iffy, you know, at this point, depending on what they're making, right? So we have the opportunity to really start to build relationships with candidates now because we are the subject matter experts. People are very open to talking. And that's actually what I like about this platform as well and being able to to have this podcast and to share what we're finding out, right? So, so we put it out there in the world. Hopefully, a lot of people are listening in and realizing that, you know what, there's there's light at the end of this tunnel. There 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 are op- there are opportunities. Really, the hope that things are moving, right? We hear of 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 other people in the recruiting space or sales who are losing their jobs you know, left and right. But but it, I would I would say stay strong, you know, keep going because. It's not going to last, as we know. In part two, it's not going to be that long for you to get another job as soon as things start moving again, right? Because there are a lot of good people out there who are just looking. Now, one of the things that you mentioned, though, in the beginning um, or, or a couple a couple minutes ago was, you know, candidates are, they're not stopping, which I find to be interesting, right? Because one of the clients that I spoke with this week said to me, Stefan, do you think that they would be a little bit more hesitant, right? Because they feel safe where they are. You know, the, their company is able to go on when they're looking around and so many people are losing their jobs. Jack, some depending on who you listen to, by the end of this week, we'll hit about 30% unemployment as a country. Um, by the end of June, we'll hit 40% unemployment as a country. So it, it begs the question, 
how is it that so many people are still willing to change jobs when they're secure in their own jobs? You know what I mean? Right. And, and it's not necessarily something that I can that I can answer per se, but I, I will second your opinion in saying that I am seeing that they're not they're not really afraid to make a move. I mean, to your point, I think why they're open to, to talking because they're insecure overall about their job security, a lot of them, because they don't know how this is going to turn in the next three weeks. So you might as well keep your options open to mm-hmm. a certain extent and just hear what's out there, hear mm-hmm. who's hiring, just in case your particular industry is not or could be failing or they could be getting closer to a furlough or whatever it is. I just think it's smart to keep your ears open to see what other opportunities might be out there in order to uh, to, to keep yourself safe. And that's the message out there, right? So for, for recruiters that are trying to you know connect with someone and they like their profile and, and they want to be able to have a real conversation with them again it's it's really putting yourself in a situation where you can be consultants with them right mm-hmm. it's less about trying to say hey i have an amazing job for you and i want to recruit you for this and i want to recruit you for that but it's ra- rather let, let's talk about how what's going on here let me share with you information that i'm getting from from clients let me share with you the people who are hiring the industry that are going to be moving and and also where the country might be hitting hard might be hit hard right so right. so yes it is it's a real opportunity to be consultants one of the things that i've noticed too just like sharing data and sharing facts you know week one um was was rough right for for my organization we we were we just we just went remote we're still trying to figure it out. And when I, when I say my organization, I'm, I'm strictly talking about my Burlington office, right? So so mm-hmm. people, are, we're, we're, they're trying to figure out how to be, there was a lot of uncertainty around how long will this be for? Is this going to be, again, a, a vacation? Is this going to be real for the next several months? Our activity around the NAI, and for those of you who don't know, NAI's new applicant interview, our activity around new applicant interviews for, for my office went up 30% from week one. So week two, we increased 30%. I'm looking at our numbers right now for week three, which we just finished, and we increased yet again 40% over week two. So 30% week two over one and 40% week three over two. That means what? That means that more and more people are willing to pick up the phone and converse with us. Not only are they willing to pick up the phone and converse, but when you're looking at the, the talk time on average, the talk time is going up because people are talking for a lot longer. And I mentioned this last time, right? I, I, I mentioned how I talked to a client for two hours and that would have never happened otherwise. It's, I'm seeing that it's the same thing on the candidates. It's free consultation in a lot of ways. And it goes both ways, right? Free consultation for, for a candidate, free consultation for a client, because at the end of the day, they're people. That's it. They're yeah. people. You know, if you're having a really good discovery conversation, it's a consultation for a lot of these guys. We got on the phone, uh, a colleague of mine and then myself, we got on the phone with our client. And the very first thing we said, we said, uh, Crystal, her name was Crystal. We said, Crystal, just use this as a therapy session, if you would. What is going on with you right now? And you know what she said to me? She goes, I'm five months pregnant and I am stressed beyond belief. I don't understand how I'm going to fill all these openings that I have right now. I don't know how I'm going to be able to get home on time so that I can actually relax and not worry. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to to continue to do this at the pace that I am right now. So I need help. I need help. But we literally started off the conversation, not by saying, oh, talk to me about your business. But hey, this is a therapy session. It's like open up. And she did so. I had somebody else tell me, I go for walks with my wife at lunchtime every day and I said I said to him when was the last time that happened because that's never happened 
literally has never happened. Certainly not on a weekday, but beyond that, it's never happened for us in the middle of the day to go for walks together. It's it's coming closer as a family. So again, is there is there chaos right now? Yeah. Are there a lot of craziness right now? Yeah, sure, one hundred percent. But it, I think it's an opportunity for us to, when we are talking to people, to get them to open up a little bit more and into, you know, A, again, it's our job to let them know that there's still stuff moving out there in general. There are still clients that are hiring. There's still really good people out there that are looking for, for people like them. But it's also an opportunity to come closer. I've had several conversations this week with a couple of clients where they said to me, when this is all said and done, and we, we alluded to that in episode one, and, and I'm getting confirmation of that. When this is all said and done, they're going to make remote a part of their business model. We took a job order this week with a client who was looking to fill out his team with three mm-hmm. auditors, right? And I asked him, I was like, hey, listen, so obviously these guys are going to have to start for you remotely because um, everybody's from home right now. I know in, in our state, they're saying May 4th, but they're probably going, going to make another announcement saying middle of May, maybe June. What is your plan long term? Are you okay with people working from home a couple of days a week, even as we get out of this and people can get in the office? And the answer is, yeah, you know what? The way that I'm looking at it, Stefan, it's a perfect opportunity to see what people can do remote. And if I hire someone right now in this situation and they do amazingly remote, why wouldn't I make this part of my business model moving forward? And that wasn't just one person. I'm hearing that from multiple people. I spoke with a candidate the other day and he said, to, he said, before this whole thing started, I was working remote one day a week on Fridays. I always work remote on Fridays or I would finish at 3.30 on Thursday and never, never got on my computer on Friday because I didn't have anything to do because I completed my work, right? Because it's production based, not hours that you put in. So right. It's what you do, right? He said, if I'm going to go work for another company right now, and remote is not a part of it, I'm not interested. And I'm hearing that from more and more people. Like to your point, more and more people are realizing the benefit of not having to drive an hour to go to work every day. When you're looking at the big picture, right? I think I think each and every in individual employee who have an opportunity to work remote right now, for the sake of for the sake of the world, they have a they have a duty to show their bosses, their employers, that this is a real thing, that this is a viable thing. Because yep. otherwise, it's going to go away, right? Again, this forced case study works in so many different ways. It works because I think you said it last week, or maybe you said it to me in a text, you know, we're yeah. bringing back the family dinners, right? I'm having breakfast with my daughter, my son, and my wife. She's loving it. I have lunch with them most days, most days. Again, my, my days can get crazy with meetings and so forth. And I don't eat until three or four o'clock. Yeah. But I never miss dinner. I never miss read. I never miss reading her a book at night. And I used, that used to happen all the time. Meaning I used to miss reading her a book at night every, almost, almost every day, almost every day, depending on what time I get home. But now I don't, that, that's, that's non-negotiable mm-hmm. because I'm at home, right? If I have to, if I have to have a call, I'm going to schedule a call around me reading Alexandra a book and singing to her before she goes down at bed. I'm not the only person who's thinking like that. And that is why, now again, yes, there are times where I work till 11 o'clock at midnight. I'm a manager, I'm a director. There are a lot of strategy things that I'm thinking about for my team. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I put my team in the best possible position to succeed. I'm looking for the next big project because they're coming in left and right if we're, if we're smart about it. 
but that doesn't mean everybody has to be working till 11 o'clock or midnight. You know what I mean? I just so happen to put that in because of the opportunity that is out there. And I want to make sure that I capture it, not just for, for my Burlington office here for K-Force, but for, for the firm in general, right? I want to make a name for myself in general, right? So I'm, I'm always constantly looking and finding it. But I'm not the only one out there who wants to hold on to this. And that's what I'm hearing whenever I talk to people. The candidates that I'm talking to, to your point, again, when we're looking at the data, right? And, and, and the data that I have to go by is how many new people are we talking to every week? Our number, as I mentioned, increased 30% week two over week one. It increased 40% week three over week two. I anticipate a similar increase in week four for several different reasons. Number one, people are realizing that this is it. They don't have a choice. They're going to be home for the foreseeable future. Get used to it. Final, final workspace. That, that makes sense for you. My wife has been working remote for some time. Uh, she works over at Tufts, uh, Tufts Medical School, and she she was in a conference, a uh, video conference with with her boss and her team and so forth. And her boss was showing showing the entire office or his entire organization um, his what? office space. You know what his office space was, Jack? His office space was his bed. He he pulled uh-huh. a dining room chair in front of his bed, <laughs> and all of his notebooks. And all of it, uh, his laptop, pens, and everything just sprawled all over the bed. That was his office space. But that's what he had to work with, and he made it work. And that's my point. Find what works and make it, make it work for you. But, but again, show the people who are looking that this is going to be a real thing. More and more people are making themselves available for conversations. More and more clients are opening up to the idea that this is going to be a real thing. More and more people are realizing that in order to compete, they have to be nimble. With the with the remote ability, and I'm finding that that again when you when you when you dig deep, same thing, right? Whether it be a recruiter or a, an accountant or a financial analyst, I'm finding that deep down, people are realizing the oh, yeah. importance of being able to spend time with family, and because of that, I think that this is going to be this well, is going to yeah, be a it, real it, thing. I, the, the family piece is, is pretty awesome too. Like I you know, got to bring my parents groceries and things like that. Cause they obviously are a, little, a lot older and have to be shut in at that point because they're in that, that dangerous age in the late seventies. Right. So um, to be able to do that for my parents, which have done amazing things for me, um, obviously throughout my life. Um, it also has brought me closer to my siblings. Like I'm doing FaceTimes with my sister while she's pounding beers. It is. I can ask her all those questions because I'm not. So, so you know, well, what happened here? Really, you know, things like no, but like we're joking and talking about stuff we did as kids and stuff, and you know, just the group text having. We all have children. My sister, my brother, and I. So, uh, doing FaceTime with our kids and everything like that. This is stuff we wouldn't have time for, um, which, which is pretty cool. And as far as like yeah. office space, I got a folding table from uh, 2015's Christmas. That's what, that's what I work on. And the biggest, you know, the office space you need is between your ears, man. It's like, you know, that's all you need. Like, just that's that it. No that's one sees it. my folding table, that's that's, you know, whatever. I still have to make business happen as a recruiter, right? So how do I talk to candidates that I'm trying to bring in based on what I'm, based on what I personally have been hearing and what I've been talking to candidates about? Don't go in with a preconceived notion that you're going to talk about a specific yes. job. I was going to say that's, that. That's, that's my advice, number one. Don't make it about a specific job because we have to understand that there's still a certain amount of uncertainty from these individuals. They're, they're willing to listen, but they, right. they have a job. 
You know what I mean? So many people out there are not going to have jobs. As I mentioned, 40% or so, depending on which, which, which who you listen to, which model you look at, about 40% of the population is going to be unemployed in about a month time. So these guys who are working, they're thankful for the fact that they have a job. They're thankful for the fact that they can work remotely. Don't just barge in and then say, I have a great job opportunity that I want to talk to you about. No, but rather, hey, I'm a recruiter. I am an expert at this. They don't know how long you've been doing this. They don't know how good you are at your job. It's all about how confident you right. sound when you're saying what you're saying, right? I'm a recruiter. I'd love to talk to you about what is going on right now in the marketplace. I'd love to share with you some of the companies that are hiring. And I'd love to hear what your concerns are in general, what your concerns are about what the future of work is going to look like for you, whether or not your job is going to get automated, because that's something else that's going to happen, right? We talked about RPA, I believe, in the last episode, robotic process automation. That's going to happen more and more because we realize that, especially as far as accounting and finance is concerned, it was tough for most organizations to transfer their shared services. A lot of it wasn't necessarily remote ready. Again, they have to figure it out, but a lot of it wasn't really remote ready. And, and when you're looking at what happened in India, you know, India is a country that has cellular service, but not necessarily data, right? So, so a lot of companies that outsource their shared services over to India, they found themselves at a loss because they couldn't necessarily use these guys anymore, right? Because India was shut down for 21 days. So automation is becoming a thing. So the opportunity to get on the phone with someone and just say, hey, as the expert in this industry, let me share with you what I'm hearing. And then just like shut up and listen. Right. Like listen to what they're saying, listen to what their concerns are in general. That's how I would approach every conversation. I had a recruiter ask me the other day, hey, Stefan, you know, I had 15 NAIs last week and 15 NAIs in a week is a pretty good number. Um, I, I think for the most part, depending on your situation, I'm very sensitive to the situation of, of, to the different people in my office. As a matter of fact, I broke down my office into four different groups. I have the group of people who are uh, parents with kids. So they have kids at home. I have a group of empty nesters, a group of people who have roommates, and a group of people who are staying at home with their parents. And I treat every single group very differently. The group that have kids at home, and I know it's not a situation that they chose for themselves, my conversation with them is very different than the group who are staying at home with their parents, than the group who are staying at home with roommates, because they have different challenges that they have to, you know, that they have to go through. So, so 15 NAI, depending on who you are, which group you fall into, it's, it's not bad. It's actually, it's actually pretty good. So he said to me, I had 15 NAIs this past week, but yet I'm not getting a lot of people sending me their resumes just so I can go over it with them and make sure that they really want to do work with me. And again, another piece of advice, just because you have an NAI with someone doesn't really mean that they're going to be working with you, right? One of the things that I, I say all the time is get them to send you something. Them sending you something is in, in another way. In other words, it's, it's, it's an upfront contract. It's a contract that they're realizing or deciding that they're going to be entering in a long-term relationship with you because these guys get called from recruiters all the time. You're not the only one calling them. They get off the phone with you, depending on the conversation mm -hmm. that they've had with you, they might not even remember a thing. It's your opportunity to get them to remember you by making them go into their inbox, sending you something. Even if it's a reply to an email that you sent them, but because they go in and they press send to you, in a way, it's them opening their mind subconsciously. Maybe they're not even necessarily thinking about it, but subconsciously is them saying, okay, I'm going to be working with this individual. So I said to him, I was like, well, 
what kind of conversation are we having? I'm making them laugh or we're talking about their kids. We're talking about their families and this and that. Some of the same stuff I shared earlier, right? We're talking about the fact that their kids are not going to go to prom or may not be able to walk for graduation and this and that. And then when I look at my inbox looking for the resume, it doesn't come. And I say, well, what were you talking to them about beyond their kids and their family and, and, and so on and so forth? I was talking about these job opportunities that are opening up and, and I wanted to see the yeah. resume so I can submit. I was like, well, slow down a little bit, man. And again, people are, are willing to talk 100%. They're willing to listen. But that's the thing. They're curious. They're curious to hear what is out there in general. Don't necessarily, don't, don't push it down their throats is my advice. Don't push it down their throats. You know, ask them for the information, ask them for what they need in general, for what they're looking for, provide them a lot of the tools and the details, and then show them that you can actually continue to add value. So again, how do I get somebody to send me a resume as I'm trying really hard? Hey, we just had an amazing conversation. Great. Now send me over a copy of your resume. I'm going to see in what way I can make it stronger. Maybe there are some keywords that you need to add on there that you don't have. Let's go over some, some of your, your accomplishments. I, I use the, the, the term SAM, save, achieve, made. A lot of people don't put down their profiles. They just write the job descriptions and what they were doing, but they don't necessarily detail if they saved the company anything, if they've achieved anything in the organization, if they've created any processes or anything like that. I make myself the expert and show them, let me help your profile be a little bit more attractive so that whenever you decide to go into something else, you're better for it. It's that free service that you can provide them. That's what's going to get them to come back to you. So I said to him, I was like, try that approach moving forward. The next person you talk to, instead of harping them, hey, send me a resume so I can send this job description over to you and da-da-da-da-da, again, understand that when they get off the phone with you, their, their, their curiosity still remains, their uncertainty still remains as well. They're still uncertain about the future. So don't just make it so black and white, send me your profile for this particular job, but rather, hey, let me continue to help you. We just had an amazing conversation. I can continue to add value for you. The next thing for me now is to see how I can make your profile even more attractive so that whenever you're ready for the next thing, you're better for it. Your profile, your profile is stronger and you can, you can find the next best job opportunity that makes sense for you. And that doesn't mean I can't pitch him a job afterwards. But then people need, yeah. people need to slow down a little bit. The numbers are great. People need to slow down a little bit and recognize that, you know, a lot of people have questions out there. Most people are going to talk to you right now because they're uncertain. They want to hear from someone who is a, a subject matter expert. So therefore, be that person. Talk, have a real conversation with them. And it's obviously great to have great build, re, you know, instant rapport, talking about families and things like that. But also bring that information. You know, it's about deposits and withdrawals. If you want to get that resume from them, give them something that they need in order to do it, you know, provide that value. We have that opportunity to do that now more than ever. And again, though, it's, it's, it's crazy what I'm seeing happen right now. I, I think that first of all, for my office, right, when the coronavirus first hit and all these companies first started to shut down, when I looked mm -hmm. up and I lost about 30% of my business almost overnight. And, and all of a sudden it's coming back. And when the floodgates open, it's just going to whoosh. It's going to be a boom. So one of the things that I'm going to be doing is I'm going to focus on bringing facts and, and, and feedback from people who have gone through a previous recession. Again, let's, let's, let's make no mistake about it. What we're going through right now is unique, right? We've never gone through something like that in our country. We've never gone through something like that in our industry. But nevertheless, there's still a lot of lessons that can be learned 
from past recessions, right? So, so one of the, in the future episodes, I'd love to bring in someone and we can, you know, we can ask them some questions about how did they manage through, right? In the last recession, what did they see when they were recruiting, right? Because we're, we're supposed to be adding value for recruiters in this space too. What, what have they seen that can be applied to today? And a lot of them from what I've, from conversations that I've had already, and then again, we'll, we'll bring this back to the folks in, in future episodes, is now is the time to build your bench. Now is the time to talk to people, build relationships with them so that when things are moving, you're the one that they go to. Now is the time for it, right? So when you're looking at, at the matrix, right, towards the right side is the result, the gross profit, the revenue, the GP, however your company goes about analyzing this stuff. Towards the left side is the front end activity, right? Whether it be the dials, the LinkedIn messages that you send out. Um, whether it be the, the emails, the number of emails, your outreach activity or so forth, your NAIs, that's the only thing you can control right now. But not just about the sheer number, but, but really adding value and bringing, and bringing information to them. Everybody has questions right now. It's an opportunity for you to bring information to them, build that relationship with them. Exactly. Next week, we're going to have a special guest on the program. For Stefan, I'm Jack. This is The Paper Chase. Mm-hmm.